left-handed and colorblind the way i see color i've learned is actually mm, like severely muted compared to somebody who does not have this deficiency i live in a very muted world so eric sent me four letters Mm. um and i want to read the titles of these letters Mm. because i think that's important here we go so the first one is titled hello loved one Mm. The second one says, Dear Members of My Family. Number three is, Hello, Loved One 2020. And the fourth one is, Love. Tell me about the letters. You know, they were something I needed to do. Mm -hmm. I think it came from a, a need that I had. To, in a very um, direct, declarative, and if you will, for myself, like in a very bold, in a very bold way, um, just sort of tell the world something I needed to tell them. Yeah, I, 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 I had my sit down conversations with a few people, my parents, my brother, a few relatives, a few friends, Mm -hmm. um, shared with them this. I don't want to say this new thing about me because I don't consider at this moment, I I didn't consider it to be new, but I think I finally knew what to call it or I, and I knew I I learned how to at least start living it. Right. um, Because it was something I didn't know before. And it was all, yes, it was a result of me meeting and entering into a relationship with, with a guy who made me happy and who I potentially, saw good things happening yeah for a while yes. now spoiler alert we're not in a relationship anymore yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but 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 the experience still stands right and so the letter is born when i decide that i sort of want to tell i it was like uh hey if i felt a need to share this with you or if i felt a desire to share this with you i have this letter i can just like give you yeah oh that's kind of cool yeah which i I did i did that with a number of people um a number of people with whom i just hit up on text message said hey 
I want to share this with you. Boom. Send over the PDF. And what was the response? There's a lot of, there was a lot of support. Okay, great. There was a lot of support. Um, and, you know, people would tell me, why would you expect anything less? And I'm like, well, let me tell you why. <laughs> yeah, no, tell me why. <laughs> we all live in the same world, but it's also a very different world Yeah, um, from person to person. And, right. um, you know, I from some people, I got the token reaction, like, I already knew. And I'm like, well, fuck you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's the a thing that, like, upsets you. Yeah, it does okay. upset me. Uh-huh. Because I feel like I did this because I, I like I said, I, I, I now knew what to call this. And I knew how to start right. living it. Back when I wrote it, how to start living it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that whole reaction of, like, oh, well, I knew. Yeah. I'm like, well, why didn't you say anything? Like, you know, if you, if, if, if we suppose regard each other as loved ones, like, yes, you could have started supporting me before I even knew that I needed your help or something, you know, or maybe not help, but like your support or something. You didn't have to look at me and like with these eyes of judgment and like, oh, this guy's keeping a secret or whatever. I'm like, because I don't like to think of it as a secret. I like to think of it more of like, I just didn't know what to do with right this about yeah. me and that's something i would tell people especially the people that um the people that i i sat down and had conversations with mm-hmm. i would tell them i'm like it's not like i was living a secret life it's not like i had secret lovers it's not like right. no it's that yeah, i yeah. finally learned how i wanted to start living this part of me that is i guess that had been there yeah. For as long as I could identify it. Yes. But I didn't really know what to do about it until I finally did. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I hope that makes some sort of it sense. It does make <laughs> sense. It does make sense. And that insight is fantastic because I definitely have some situations. And hearing you say that makes me feel some kind of way because I feel like in my life I had some people that I knew. But I like I guess the way I felt about it was like it's not my I feel like it's maybe not my business or like maybe they don't want to be called out or maybe they don't want to talk about it. And it's just one of those things where I thought whenever they're ready, they'll come in and tell me like I didn't want to force anybody out, I guess. And you know what? That's that's true. Um and let and yeah, I guess. And let me, I fully respect how you feel about it, by yeah. the way. And it makes me feel terrible because I'm like, I wish I had done something. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, I'm. I guess I don't actually. Well, now you're making me think because I think I'm. I'm talking about myself. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that this is true for right any and all queer people out there. You know, uh, you know I know that there's a lot of risk that comes. For a lot of people in whatever manner, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying let's out everybody. No, yeah. <laughs> right. um, I right. think what I'm, I, I'm speaking for myself, like, and, and, and leading up to this moment where I wrote this first letter. Yeah. Um, I, I, I started making a lot of imprudent decisions mm-hmm. um, that essentially amounted to cries for either attention or cries for help. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, I had even approached my, my my own mom. I had a conversation with my mom, and it was not a very long one. Mm-hmm. But I approached her, and I was like, I need help. Yeah. I need help to 
start opening this up, if you will, you yeah. know, yes. um, and and by imprudent decisions mm-hmm. that I mentioned, I, I I I will say that like yes, it involved like you know drugs and alcohol, you know, because mm-hmm. like I said, I was also trying to sort of. I was trying to figure out how to start doing things, but I was also in a lot of pain and I didn't know what else to do. And I think that's what I'm referring to. Like when people say, well, I knew and I'm like, well, if you knew. Yeah. Why didn't you start talking about it? If I had a conversation yesterday with someone and we were talking about how important it is for this conversation to come up between parents and their children, like early on to just have the conversation about it being an option to kind of normalize the feelings so that if they do come to play or come to exist, that it's like, I know what to call it. I know what this is. And I also know that my parents are okay with it. And with all these laws, like it's so infuriating because maybe if we did talk about it, then you wouldn't have had to feel this way. Yeah, I agree. You know, because then you would have known, like, this is okay, this is normal, and it happens, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with how you're feeling. There shouldn't be any confusion. It's okay, because love is love. Yeah, I just rolled my eyes. And it's it's, it's because that's how I feel, like, especially with, with like, my mom, right? Like, the person that I went to first, hey, I need help. Right before there was even, like any semblance of a coming out conversation it's like Mm -hmm. hey i need help yeah and then this happens and now what i thought i knew of as unconditional love Mm -hmm. i felt became conditional like there was a why what was her response oh well my mom she's a very like catholic woman right very and very rigid right (laughs) Um, I love her, and I think she's been, like, the best mom ever, you know? Yeah. Except with regard to this. Um, I, I, I feel that, like, materialized it. Yeah. Perhaps she knew also. Mm-hmm. I don't think she... Actually, no, I'm wrong. She did. She was one of those, like, well, I knew sort of people. Yeah. Except it wasn't liberating for her. It wasn't... It didn't make her happy to see her son start to live out this new identity. No, it it narrowed. Mm-hmm. It it felt like all of a sudden that cry for help I made went from being broad, like oh, it could be Eric needs help with dealing with his you know drug and alcohol problem, right? To becoming make Eric straight again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So. That's been hard, you know. That's terrible. And it hasn't really gone away, you know. So that's that's still that's what leads to letters two, three, and four, you know. Because and you said when you sent me the letters, you said that the first one was uh, a little bit more calm than the rest, and then the rest got like they got angrier as you progressed. Which I also remember you saying something like, "You think it's silly that coming out is even a thing, right?" Um. And that kind of goes back to this whole conversation that I'm saying, like, if we talked about it and especially talked about it in a way that wasn't so negative, because if you know that you're about to express something in the environment where you've heard terrible things about that very thing, how are you ever going to feel safe? No, Yeah. And it sucks that like, yeah, what you are talking about still sort of exists for me, even though I feel like. 
I am bigger and better and bolder than I was, you know, even at the the time when I wrote these things. But yeah. that very sort of situation still exists for me because at the end of the day, I still have a mom who feels the way she does. And mm-hmm. I haven't been, my, my, I myself haven't been able to soften her heart, open her heart wow. very much. I've looked for people who I think she trusts, and I've asked them, can you please talk to my mom? Can you please just talk to her? Just talk to her. Yeah. Whether or not they've done so, I don't know, because I don't want to be like, oh, I asked you to talk to my mom. Why haven't you done it? No, I don't want to do that, you know? Right. Again, this goes back to this idea of, like, asking for help. I'm asking for help. Like, can you please talk? Can you please? Can you please? Yes. You know, so what (sighs) am I to do? Am I, you know... I think yes. in, in one of the letters I, I or I think it's the first letter I wrote that like I wasn't going to do this or I, I, I thought I would never come out. Mm-hmm. And again, I, 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 I shudder as I say that because you're right. I do have an issue with that. Um, yeah. But we can talk about that after. I thought I would never come out until my parents died because I, yeah. I, I honestly yeah. thought it would be something I could never do. Yeah. Until <laughs> they were no longer around to like yeah. cast their judgment and right. until i finally decided well it doesn't matter yes it doesn't matter i'm gonna do this because i need to do this for myself uh-huh um and yet i still live their judgment upon me yeah <laughs> and that's-, that's where i think the whole i don't care comes in yes i love the i don't care and before we talk about the i don't care sure i also want to talk about how in here um you made it a point to say something like gone are the days where I will tolerate this Mm. kind of talk. Mm. Um, Talking about calling people sissies and Mm. like just little shit like that, Mm. that goes a long way. So this is the part that I'm talking about in the letter. You say, along with coming out, I will also let you know that I will not stand idly or silently when I hear discriminatory or bigoted remarks. The LGBTQIA plus community is my community more than ever now. Stale remarks, ignorant epithets, and negative stereotypes will not and cannot be further tolerated. You may no longer call someone a sissy without consequence. Mm. I love this and this is probably one of the most important things like if you say i support you you have to support all the way through and that also means creating an environment in which the person feels safe at all times and you don't just continue to use this language that you used to use that made them feel like they couldn't say the thing in the first place Mm -hmm. because even though you say i love you i support you like then why won't you do this very simple thing for me and just not say these negative things and create this like hostile environment um, that you don't even realize you're creating? Because my mom used to say when I was a kid, she taught me the sticks and stones may break Mm -hmm. my bones, but words will never hurt me, which is such bullshit. (laughs) I would would almost sometimes rather be smacked than to hear some of the things that I've yeah. heard said about myself. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that up. Having had my experience growing up and whether it's regard to this or anything else, really, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not a very athletic person. I'm not a very tough physically person. You right. Know? So I learned how to like guard myself with 
words, you know? Yes. And so I'm definitely one who can throw like word daggers at people. Yes. Know? So yes, I will agree with you mm-hmm. that that sticks and stones thing is bullshit. As my, I think I, I, I do feel proud that I have been able to defend myself in the way that I can. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that I, 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 I don't recognize that I, I probably have caused some hurt or damage along the way. So I don't think I've ever called anybody like a sissy, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But like I use that word very intentionally in this letter because that was a word that was thrown around in my family a uh. lot when I was growing up. It was a word that it was something I was called a lot by my own family members, even some of the adults like my aunts and uncles. Like uh. Yeah. And it's something I had to work through. Yeah. Like, even with my therapist at one point, you know, yes. like, when I was working through a lot of my hurt, you know, this mm-hmm. word kept coming up and I kept being thrown back into, like, some of the experiences I, I, I went through where I felt yes not different or set apart, but, like, straight up just ostracized or straight up just, like, you are not one of us. In the Ugh. worst kind of way, you know? That's awful. And so that's why I, I, I said it the way I said it, because I'm like, you fuckers can't call anybody sissy anymore without... And if I hear you, like, I'm going to say something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, nothing burns me quite like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. does. It really pisses me off. And it's not just men who are responsible for creating a toxic male environment, but like women are too by saying that kind of mm-hmm. stuff to their sons, to their nephews, to whoever, like uh, making it seem like men have to fit in a box. Like if men are not like burly and strong right. and athletic, and if they can't build shit, then they're not men. And that's, that's awful. And that's the thing is like, because Eric would choose to sit inside and read a book instead of go out and play soccer with his cousins or something, you mm-hmm. know, then I was deemed a sissy or something like that. That's you know? ridiculous. I think there's a difference between like walking on eggshells mm-hmm. and straight up just like saying things that are like hurtful and disrespectful and all this stuff. Like there are things that should be universally agreed upon. Right. That like you cannot say this. Mm-hmm. It is wrong, you right. know? And right. I think those sorts of names should be counted among them, you know? Yes. So I don't think it's a matter of having a walk on eggshells. It's a matter of distinguishing, like, no, I, yeah, like, if I'm, if I'm, you know, with my friend or whatever, we call each other, you know, fag, yes. and I'm like... Yeah. But is that okay? Yeah. You know? Is that Right. Okay? You don't mean it in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. You mean it as something hurtful. Yeah. Like you say it to your male friend to make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. It's not like a term of endearment. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you know, my, my friend is such a fag and I love him so much. <laughs> you know, that like that's different right. than saying like you're being such a. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also the word pussy yeah. and all this stuff that gets thrown around to make men feel less than for showing some degree of femininity. Because femininity, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid. God right? forbid you <laughs> act like a woman. <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> but did you ever feel any of that when you were in, in elementary school? I mean, I want to say yes. Um, really? But there's a difference, I think, um, I feel like elementary school, high school, even some of my 
my undergrad years or perhaps all of them I, I couldn't honestly draw a line but like I feel like when I was younger I was stronger than I am now I get that yeah and so even- and I I felt like you were so confident Thank um you. <laughs> I never felt like uh like I knew that you were more sensitive than the other guys. Mm. And I loved that about you. Mm -hmm. And I never felt like you were insecure about it. Mm. Like, let's say I'm trying to think of somebody else in our class who may have been the same way or like someone that I knew who maybe like kind of retreated and and didn't. Uh, But I feel like you were so confident and so involved in things. And uh, I don't I mean, if the. If the boys or the girls made you feel bad, you never showed it. Mm. I never saw it. And 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 maybe you know, if 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 it if they did, because again, I I can't really pinpoint specific things with like our classmates right. the way I could with like my family. Because fuck them. Sometimes yes. no, I mean I, I love them, it. but fuck them. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, but like, if if they did, I bet you it was like it stung for like. But a second, and then, right. and yeah, because you're right. Um, I, I I don't think I look back and say, "Oh, I was so confident," yeah. but I definitely look back and say, "I was very strong," or "I was stronger than I feel I am now." Yeah, you know? probably because you're aware now, and when you start unpacking things, that's when you're like, "Oh my god!" Like you start to think about little you, and you're like, "Poor little you." Oh, god, poor little me. <laughs> it's. It's so sad to go back and think about little you and how you wish that you could have you you could have done something to advocate yeah. for yourself or for the people around you or whatever the case. You know, if if there's one thing I think that and it just came to me, if there's one thing that does stand out to me and I, and I chuckle because I still think of it and I I laugh because I think it's so ridiculous. I do recall on more than one occasion people would be like, "Oh, Eric, you run like a girl." And I'd be like, Okay, well, that's how I run, you yeah. know, like... Not to mention, what is wrong with how <laughs> girls run? Jeez. Ay, ay, ay. But, like, you know, I don't want to diminish, um, like, my own experience or say that, like, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do know that there are people who, in those years of their lives, they don't get out as lucky, you know? Yeah, you know? no, um, for sure. And we got to be there for them, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, right now, Eric and I reconnected because I'm planning a reunion, a 20-year reunion for the elementary school that we went to together, which caused, like, a reconnection. And then he saw that there was a podcast, and he's like, yeah, here we go. Um, But in this process, I have seen now that some of the boys, and I call them boys intentionally, are still very much boys mm. and have this like I and and reading their conversation in the group chat and, and seeing some of the words that got thrown around that I had to say no mm. to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It made me wonder, like, after you said that you wanted to come and talk on the podcast, um, is that if the if those men boys um ever made you feel anything back then you because know, them being so blatant about it now I, is like yeah. they had to have been worse back <laughs> then again i can't other than the whole that i just remembered right now the whole um where you, you run, run like, a, like girl. a girl yeah 
I really, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were some. I'm sure there was some name calling at some point. Um, I do look back on those years, and I, I like, I look back on them. They're full of sunshine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And if if names were hurled at me, if if things were said to me, um, it, they they must have stung. But for a second, I don't think I, I don't think I ever came home and like cried about something someone called me at school or something like that you know um and i miss that (laughs) yeah yeah i wish i could do the same now i mean i'm glad i've i've done the the work that i've done the healing work that i've done and the work i've done to just sort of get me from one side to the other and and by that what i mean is um a, a place of pain to a place of resilience you know but um there is still a part of me now that i think i i i i bet you i still have some open wounds i'm walking around with that i i still haven't even identified right oh yeah you're not alone in that (laughs) (laughs) versus then i felt like i was clad in armor i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah i actually feel i was definitely bullied Mm. and i think it's because I was really sensitive. I still am. Mm. I'm a delicate little flower. Mm. And it takes very little for me to feel like, what? Yeah. And so that's fucking awesome that you felt so good and that Mm. those days were very sunny for you. I'm glad. (laughs) I really am. Because it was, for me, sometimes it was a rough environment. Yeah. Now that you mentioned specifically bullying, with the help of my therapist, I've been able to identify situations where perhaps I was being bullied and mm-hmm. either I was just too, like, naive or too just happy-go-lucky. Or perhaps I actually was as strong as I think or thought I was mm-hmm. where I, I, I could just let it bounce off of me. Yeah. But I will say to you that, yes, I, I can go back and identify a few moments where... Or now I've learned, like, yeah, I was probably being bullied in that moment. Yes, but it was less about my 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 gender identity or my sexual identity. I think it was more about like, hey, Eric, give me the answers to the homework or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I (laughs) hey, I would have gone to you for those too. (laughs) I probably did at some point. So I'm going to read something else from your letter that kind of goes with what you said about like now being kind of unapologetically yourself. Mm. What we called last week, I said, when did you stop diluting yourself? Oh, yeah. And so in here you said, this is in the letter to the loved one, 2019 letter. Right now you said, this is in the letter to the, I'm like, to the Corinthians? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's a phase that factored heavily into my process. I don't care. Mm. I told friends, relatives, and my own parents that I don't care what they think about me after Mm. having shared this with them. And it wasn't that I was dismissing their feelings, thoughts, reactions, insights, counsels, or criticisms. It was that despite whatever they had to say, I didn't care so long as I got to live the life that I was now choosing to live openly. Mm. This was huge in my process. Mm. 
And I'm over here like snapping as yes. if like I didn't write it, you know. But I'm like, no. Yes. But you know what? Sometimes hearing what you wrote <laughs> is so empowering. Yeah, this happens to me as well. <laughs> that's wonderful, and I think that that's the goal. I think that's today's goal is to make people feel this empowered. Is to make them feel like they should not care yeah. what other people think. I think sometimes it's just a lack of information. It's a lack of exposure that makes people feel like they're the authority on something mm -hmm. like this. That makes them feel like, oh, um, I have a very strong opinion about this thing that I don't know anything about, that I've never personally researched, that I've never... Um, been around, like in an environment where several people feel this exact same way. They, I think if these people, like let's say your mom or some people that I know in my life who just refuse to change about this kind of stuff, if they got some exposure, some education, um, got to walk in someone else's shoes for a day, they might change their tune. I think you're right. Um, I think <laughs> with regard to my mom, because it's been like this many years since all of this this process, if you will, started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've all but given up on my mom. Like, in, yeah. in, in other words, like, I try, I used to try to be very active in mm -hmm. talking to her about things like this or, like, with regard to me specifically. Right. Um, now I'm like, well, if she runs into a, you know, a, a movie where two boys kiss and I'm not there, well, she's going to have to process that on her own or something. Like, it's, right. it's, it's not that I... It's not, it's not that I don't care about my mom. It's that, like, like I've moved on. Yes. And, like, you know, I love you still. And if that scene it, or if you walk into a, a something somewhere and yes. you see, you know, some queer people living their lives, like, yeah. and that makes you uncomfortable, well, sorry that that makes you uncomfortable. But, like, guess what? I'm one of them now. Right. And that's where the I don't care comes in because, like, I had to learn how to... Because that was big for me before. And I think that's part of what kept me from living out the, the fullness of my identity um, for as long as it did was I, I started to regard what I felt other people thought about me as more important than what I thought about myself. Yeah, oh, I'm guilty of that. And so it wasn't until I came to this and it wasn't like an overnight process either. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until this realization that, like, no, whatever I do from here on out has got to be for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I was able to move forward. You yes. Know? And that's where this I don't care came from. Like, right. I don't care what you think about me. Yes. I get it. Or maybe I don't. But, like, mm -hmm. I get that you think these things perhaps still. Mm -hmm. But it's no longer going to keep me right. from seeing myself yep. through. I love that. That's fantastic. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that it's uh, one of those things. I forgot who said this to me. Maybe I said it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm a pioneer. <laughs> I said, I, the conversation went something like at the end of the day, everybody goes home and thinks about their own life. Mm. They go to bed thinking about their own problems. Mm. And, Part of that is probably them thinking like so-and-so is thinking this about me, but so-and-so is thinking about something completely different. And so I've had to do a lot of work on this myself in terms of like people pleasing, like always feeling like, oh God, I can't say no, or I can't tell this person that. And then I stress myself out to the point that like, it doesn't make any sense because they don't give a shit. 
they are off doing something completely different, not paying me a single mind. I 100% agree with that because that is something I also had to learn for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, I know you just said it and not, not that I think the way I'm going to say it is any better than the way you just said it, but mm-hmm. like the way no, I came to understand it was like, they're not going to bed thinking about me. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true. They're going to bed thinking about their own shit, you know? Yes. And if they do happen to think about me, it might be but for like a second. Yes. You know? Yes. And then they'll move on to yeah. whatever is pressing in their own life. Whereas for a long time, I would go to bed being like, oh my God, this person thinks I'm like the worst. You know, I'm just like dreading existence. I I get know? it. <laughs> I get it. Um. And that's a horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Yes. And that's not to say that that's all gone away. You right. know, I'm sitting here today because I am in a better place. But like I said, I bet you I still have open wounds. So, oh, yeah, it's not to say that it's all gone away. Either, yes. You know? No, I don't think it ever does go away. No. I think we learn how to cope a little better, but it all stays there. Yeah. And sometimes it resurfaces depending on where we are in our lives and what's like hitting. If we're stressed out, if we have a moment where we're like super weak and we're like, if it wasn't for you, mom, like I wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> but then we take a step back. We look at the bigger picture. We learn to forgive. Yeah. We learn to unpack and say, like, okay, it's still there, yeah. but I can now manage it a little yeah. better. Was it healing for you to write the letters? Um, yeah. The writing the letters was very was a huge part of my my healing. Um the the first three letters, those were letters I actually sent to people. Right. Mm-hmm. I never took the approach of just like let's say just posting them to like my Facebook wall or my Twitter feed or whatever. There right. were letters that I, I would send to people, you yes. know? Yes. The, like the, the other letter, there are other letters is what I'm trying to get at. Like the yes. love one that never got sent. And they were an exercise that my therapist encouraged me to do. And it's not new, right? Like burn letters, right? Oh, I think that's sure. what I started calling them. You know, burn yes. letters that you would, or that people like write and then they burn, right? Yes. Well, I never burn. It's just so you can get it out. Right. It's so that like your truth can live right. somewhere outside of you. <laughs> exactly. And and that is so, it's so powerful. It you is. Know? Before I started seeing a therapist, like I would journal a lot. So that was also very good for me. Yes. Um. Uh, but but these le- I felt like, you know, when I'm writing in my journal, mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself. Yes. When I'm talking to my therapist, I'm talking to her, and it's still very much about myself. Right. When I'm writing these letters, I'm talking to somebody. Yes. You know? yes, 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 yes. Even if they may never read whatever I'm writing about them, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Like the sissy comment for instance like that's directed at someone who specifically called Mm, you that and you want them to know like come at me correct (laughs) (laughs) which that that fourth letter love says i I think i write like come at me with love or something yes yes but i love having them i never burned any of my burn letters i love having them because i like to think that when i die they're all going to be compiled and published (laughs) i've never burned any of my burn letters either Mm. um we were talking earlier about um we were talking earlier about weed and so i'm gonna talk about it a little bit because (laughs) (laughs) so i i started smoking weed in my late 20s and 
it really opened things up for me, like in a big way. Like it helped me deal with like some of my depression. And I know like a lot of people like to talk about weed, like it's medicinal. I use it recreationally as well, mm. but I use it um, mostly medicinally, like to deal with like some of the anxiety that I feel and like me getting like kind of stuck in my head about stuff. Mm. And so um, it was something that I think helped me have better relationships with people and I one day felt comfortable enough to open up to my aunt's dad about it. He was a much older man. He was like my grandparents' age. And like he was such a cool guy that I felt comfy opening up to him about my use of marijuana. And I yeah. even asked him if he had smoked it. He's like, yeah, once, like a long time ago. But no, 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 no. Like that's, <laughs> that's no good. And I was like, okay, well, the conversation seemed like it went well. And then one day my cousin... Um, she told me, she said, my grandpa told me don't hang out with Erika because she's a, she's a marijuana. And I was heartbroken because I had this like great relationship with him. And I felt like he was kind of like my grandpa too, like a little honorary grandpa. And I felt like for the rest of our time together before he passed away, that he had this thought about me and that he judged me and no longer wanted to be close to me. And after she mentioned that I started to notice that he would pull away. Like anytime that I would talk to him, it was a very quick conversation and then it was over. Like he did not want anything to do with me. And then it was almost like he didn't want my cousins to hang out with me. And my cousins are like my siblings. So it was really hard. And I after he passed away, I felt like, did do you forgive me? Like, or, or do you just have these horrible thoughts about me still? And so I talked to my therapist about it, and she said, "You know, write him a letter. Mm. Write him a letter." And I did. I wrote it in Spanish, mm. and I wrote him this letter saying, "Like, I know that like you just don't have the education on this that I do, but if you knew how different it is from how you grew up thinking, like you probably wouldn't feel the way that you do." And so I forgive you for for not knowing, and I hope you forgive me. For, like, being imperfect and, like, oh. using weed and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I felt so healed. And I still have the letter. Yeah. Uh. Um, so I think I last week I mentioned to you how, like, I had curbed my partaking of weed. Yeah. Um, because uh, I get really, really In high your own paranoia. Head. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that. Before, like, um, you know, before I, I, I had come out, a lot of that paranoia was centered on, like, these gender and sexuality identity mm. issues, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I would be haunted as I'm, like, enjoying my high. And oh. then I would get haunted by voices in my mind. Yes. The paranoia. Yeah. Telling me. In very, very evil ways, you know. Oh, yes. You know, people are going to find out. Yeah. You know, like oh people are going to know. Oh, my God. And it was so, it was so Halloween-y, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And until <laughs> I had to decide, I was like, all right, this sucks. <laughs> right. I'm going to stop smoking weed because I cannot handle this, yes. you know. Yes, yes, yes. I will say this. Now that I've 
begun living the fullness of myself um i haven't gone it's not like i've I've like oh well now that now that now that i'm not afraid for anybody to find out like let's get high no i haven't done that you know Mm -hmm. but that's not to say that i'm still not nervous like i haven't gone back i haven't like i think i've maybe smoked weed like this like uh as as many fingers as i have on one hand ever since i decided to not smoke weed anymore you know yes um but i think there is a part of me that would like to again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know without I mean, being scared without being scared i mean know? i prefer it to drinking any day uh. um but i'm also not afraid to like fully submit to the paranoia uh. because i think i've gotten pretty damn good at it i also like i don't do enough to ever get to that point uh. um but if ever I do, I'm always like, okay, this is a mental exercise. Uh, like, I have to pull all of my tools out to remind myself that everything is okay and that whatever's going on in my head is just like a product of all this negative shit that I've been told through the years that is not me at my core. Yeah. And I'm being forced right now through this experience to kind of face that and deal with it in a really productive way that does not shut me down but makes me stronger. And then I come out and go, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just did that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> One of the questions I had on here was that you're a mu- you haven't talked about being a musician today. Yeah, I know. I haven't really brought it up. Can huh? you <laughs> please talk about being a musician? Yeah. Tell me everything about being a Tell musician. Tell you everything. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm not a rock star by any chance <laughs> or by any means, I should say. You know, you, I'm not on Spotify or anything like that, you know. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. Um, I think I sort of came up on being a musician. You know, I, 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 I grew up playing music. Um, I don't think I ever really envisioned it being uh, how I would make a living or define myself uh growing up or anything like that you know i I sort of like came into it like i just i kept playing as i was preparing to do other things in life i kept playing music and yes i guess people just thought i was good and i started getting i started becoming parts of bands or getting hired for gigs or whatever and you know power 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 to me yes um you mentioned that your dad's a creative yeah is he also a musician yeah my dad play uh played plays played i'm sure he could still play he hasn't he doesn't really play much anymore Uh uh-huh uh yeah he grew up playing he had his own band you know my brother and i we have very vivid memories of like growing up and 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 like friday night would be uh the night that my my dad and his friends would all gather to practice in our garage at home. What did your dad play? My dad played keys. Oh, so same as you. Yeah, same as me. Okay. Um, but he can also like hang with a guitar. Okay. You know? Can do you play anything other than the the piano? I do. I can play. I like. I studied guitar as well. Okay. And, like, um, I can hang out with the bass and with a drum kit as well. Oh, you know? yeah. hang out. That's <laughs> yeah, that's how I like cool. to say it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and so like now I do, I do like my own, my own thing. I do my own gigs. I play in the band. I I run a church music program. Mm -hmm. I work, uh, I just finished working on a, on a, uh, a musical theater production with a, with a local high school. Um, and you know, I've, I've done a lot of other musical theater work as well, you know? Um, so that's kind of my thing. Um, 
it's a little, it's a little, it's a little weird right now. You know, again, coming out of COVID, you know, right. um, it's made me question my life choices once again, you know, do I want to continue being a musician still? Like, do I want to keep hustling or do I want to like try something else? You know? Um, yeah. As of now, it looks like I'm still going to try being a musician. Uh, during COVID, uh, I worked on some tracks that my brother wrote, mm-hmm. um, and they've yet to be released. So I think I want to be a musician at least long enough to see those tracks be released, you know? And yeah. every now and then I'll wake up with, like, this bout of inspiration. And th- it happened just the other day, I, and I, I'll text and be like... Let's release your EP now, you know, but he's also getting ready to get married, you know, yeah. so it's kind of like finding the balance of all things, you know. Yeah. So Daniel wrote some tracks. Um, he asked me to collaborate with him on them, which mm-hmm. at the time was quite a feat. Yes. Because our relationship also became very strained. Yeah. Um. As a result of you uh, I think that beginning had a, yeah, to be. Exactly. Yes. Um, and a lot of it having to do with my healing. And I think I think he both wanted the best for me, but he didn't want to be part of the process. He just wanted to like enjoy the end result, you know? And yes. in 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 retrospect, now now that things are good between us, um mm-hmm. I feel like I can't fault him for feeling the way he did, but when I was living those moments, oh, you better believe that, like, yeah, I was not only hurting, I was yes. also very angry with him. I, I was very angry, and this is something I would bring up to a lot of people. I felt a lot of anger toward my brother because I felt that he put me in a very tough position mm-hmm. with regard to all of this stuff and then removed himself from the process and i'm like how dare you how dare you like yeah put me here yeah and then just like peace out yeah and hope for the best yeah again in retrospect i feel like i get it Uh but in the moment i felt very abandoned i felt well that's yeah yeah i would too that's tough so he asked and at the same time he asks me to help him with his music yeah and I'm like... Maybe that was his way. I think it kind of was, but it was still rough. Yeah. You know? It is rough. Because sometimes we just don't have the tools to have the conversations we want to yeah. have. And that I am familiar with. I think that's just like part of the family dynamic. Yeah. Is like you've got the people who are willing to have a conversation. And then you've got the ones who yeah. are like, I'm just going to be over yeah. here. And I remember there was one specific recording session where, like, I just wasn't on my A game, you know? Um, mm. And he called me out on it, like, dude, <laughs> what's going on with you? You suck today. Oh. And it's because I was very much in my head. I was very much, like, nervous and being he said around you him. you suck today. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Jeez. I was very nervous around him. Uh huh. And, you know, uh, I, I was also, like, dealing with my, my drug and alcohol problems. So mm-hmm. this was an early morning recording session. And, you know, before I started my road to recovery, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even if it were an early morning 
recording session or whatever, like, sure, I would have taken a drink or two to, in my words, take the edge off, you know? Right. But it, it was really to, like, yes, protect Matt. myself from yeah. whatever negativity was about to come my way. Yes. But this was one of those sessions where it's like, no, I'm only going to go in having drink coffee, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, dude, you suck today. And I'm like, I could really use that drink right now, <laughs> you know? What did you say to him? I don't. I think I said much, if I remember correctly. I think all I said was like, well, let's just do it again. You know, like I I was very objective. What is your relationship like with him? Like, do you guys talk about feelings ever? Have you ever? We we were for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And by the longest time, I think I mean from like high school onward. Yes. I, I regard him as like my best friend and brother. Okay. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have a relationship where you can be like honest with each other yeah. and open with each other. Except a partir de, mm-hmm. you know, October 2019. Yes. Shit hits the fan and our relationship took it. Did he say why? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if he actually. S- well, yeah. Ugh. Do you speculate why? No, I know why. Okay. He was very angry with me. He was very angry at me. For having a drug and alcohol problem. But I don't think he understood that it went hand in hand with the pain I was feeling with regard to my identity. Okay. Um, So he just thought I was being like irresponsible and reckless. Oh. Yeah. And when I would try to approach him, he was very unwilling to listen. Like not my chair, not my problem. Wow. All I see is. You being destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, you put me here. Yeah. So our relationship took a toll for like a year, maybe more. Wow. Yeah. And it was hard on it was hard on my parents. Yeah. And it was hard on me. Let's let's be honest here. Yeah, it was probably hard on him too. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't even think about until like my therapist would say that to me. Yes. He's probably going through it too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I'm like, a, that's a loss. <laughs> and like, if you guys were close, 100% he was going through it too. So I'm glad that I had somebody t- to introduce that perspective to me. Mm-hmm. But without that perspective, I would have never cut him some slack yes (laughs) no i and it wasn't that i was trying to victimize myself it's that i felt like i said abandoned like i didn't realize that perhaps he was also mourning a loss like you just said you Mm -hmm. know i Mm -hmm. i felt like he was antagonizing me yes and that's all i felt i'm going to read you something (gasps) um that is in Deepak Chopra's A to Z Soul of Healing Affirmations because these words that I'm about to read to you are what changed my perspective on these types of situations. He talks about how when there is conflict of any sort, Mm -hmm. the intention that you put into the universe is, I'm going to examine this from my perspective from the perspective of the other person and from the perspective of the neutral observer. And that is how you get clarity, like on a Mm. situation. And it never, ever occurred to me before hearing that, that it is so important 
to think about how the other person is feeling too. And when you do, it helps you kind of forgive yeah, and might even make it easier for you to start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's right because yeah, at the beginning there was, I felt a lot of anger and a lot of unwillingness yes. to forgive. Right. Because it wasn't so much that I felt that I was right. It's that I felt that... You had been wronged. I had been wronged. Mm-hmm. And so I started to gain perspective from a neutral observer. And I think one of the other things that my neutral observer, a.k.a. my therapist, introduced to me was this idea that, like, dude, for all you know, he's going through something else. Mm-hmm. That's not even what you two are going through. And he's bringing that to the table. Mind blown again. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I could relate to that. Yes. Like, in addition to what I'm going through in relation to him, I'm also going through other things as well. Yes. You know? And I'm bringing that to my side of the table. Mm-hmm. So who am I to say he's not bringing his own other things to his side of the yep. table too? And I think that that specific perspective helped me um, become more patient. Whereas I perhaps wanted like healing and reconciliation to happen from one day to the next, specifically with my brother, because I couldn't stand to be another moment that far apart from him. Like mm-hmm. it hurt. It hurt. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know. I can only imagine. And so because I wanted healing to happen so rapidly, but when I got that perspective, it helped me become more patient. Because I, 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 I understood mm-hmm. that, yes, though I was in as much pain as I was in, yeah, that he was probably going, not only going through what he and I were living through together, mm-hmm. but probably he was hurting in other areas, too, that I yes. probably didn't know about, you know? and. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm glad I, 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 I gained that perspective because otherwise I would have, been, I probably would have been more demanding with regard, because the way I remember, and I think this is, again, how it played out. I would always tell people, I'm like, dude, approaching him saying, hey, let's talk. Hey, let's talk. Hey, let's talk. He would be the one saying, no, no. Is he no. going to therapy? No. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, so he doesn't have the tools that you have. Yeah. Okay. That's the other thing. Because he still regards it. And this might be part of that whole... I definitely think he regards therapy as like something for crazy people. You know? Oh. If, if, if you catch my drift. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. So, yes, you're right. He doesn't have the tools I have, but he also doesn't have... I love the way you just called it, like a, a, a neutral observer, observer, which is what I think a therapist is. And that's something my therapist would tell me a lot, especially when I would talk about my brother. I don't know your brother. Right. Your brother is not here in these sessions. I will probably never meet your brother. Mm-hmm. We cannot guess what's going on in his mind. We can suppose and yeah. we can posit and we can assess and, and, and make decisions according accordingly. But we don't know. Right. And unless you're... Unless you, Eric, are willing to ask him, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You'll never know. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not at a point where I'm going to ask him because of the friction that 
exists between us right now. Okay, well then, Eric, you have to, you know, you don't know what's going on. So let's take a step back. Yeah. And that's where I think that patience mm-hmm. came into play. You know? Yes. Well, one time my therapist said to me, because my mom and I were having friction, and she said something that has that Ralph sometimes quotes because I've said it so much. Um, she said, would you go to Lowe's to get cosmetics? And I said, no. And she's like, so then why do you go to your mom for this emotional support that you know she doesn't have in stock? Mm. Don't go to Lowe's for cosmetics. And so that's kind of how it is with some people. Like you go to them with a certain expectation and it's just not something that they offer. Yeah. And maybe that was part of it. Like you kind of going to your brother expecting that he'd be at the same level of awareness that you're at and he was not and you were like why don't you understand this because i understand it yeah and i think sometimes we see the world only through obviously only through our eyes but like through our perspective and we i definitely assume that everyone should just know like you should know this if i know this you should know this right but it's just not so. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and yeah, there, I, I think go, going back to like my experience specifically with regard to my brother, it was like that, that, that thing I keep saying, it's the way I tell my story, right? He put me in this situation. Yes. Of, so of then, abusing alcohol and drugs. Of, of, of like having to confront it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so he must know something. And yet, when I would approach him, mm-hmm. hey, this is how I'm doing with my progress. Hey, this is uh, whatever. Yeah. And he didn't want to hear it. And I'm like, well, dude, you put me here. Yes. Do you think that maybe he feels like sad that you guys were so close and you didn't tell him or sooner? Yeah, I do. And that's something I've never asked him. Mm-hmm. That's um, because I think I'm not for as strong and confident as as I like to portray myself right now. Mm -hmm. There are still some areas where I know there is still what some work to be done, some vulnerability to be had. And I think that's that specific question that you just brought up is an area I'm not yet willing to dive into because... I still have to patch up some of the other things before I can gush out because I think that's going to be a big one. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big one. It is definitely going to be a big (laughs) one. I could see it as an outsider looking in because when my cousin came out to me a few years ago, um, I was like, okay, yeah, that's amazing. Like, awesome. How do you feel? Are you happy? Like, you know, I support you. You know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And And then I recently talked to her and she goes, yeah, like as a kid, I was feeling this and I was feeling that. And I was like, why didn't, why didn't you tell me that? Mm. Why didn't you say that to me? And, and I'm not angry at her by any means, but like, I did have this feeling of like, why did you feel like you couldn't share that with me? Yeah. And then I was like, all right, let me unpack that even further. Who was I back then? 
I wasn't me today. Like I was still very much a product of like our family and, and the way that our family saw things. So like maybe she just thought that I was one of them and didn't feel comfortable sharing with me. But like, you see how you have to like unpack and unpack and unpack and like, you can do that with your tools, but maybe your brother doesn't even know how to begin saying, I'm really sad that you didn't tell me. And not only that, one, and I'm saying this because you just said, like, perhaps I can do this with my tools, but I think I'm just not, I'm not Oh, no, ready. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not and saying you I should, don't, but I don't I'm feel saying. like you're rushing me into it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, in the present moment, like, yeah. I, I know this is a moment that is forthcoming. Yes, but it's also, like, Undoubtedly. His, it's also, you don't have to feel rushed because that's actually, if you think about it, his responsibility to come to you and say. Oh, he's never going to. Not that he's going to, <laughs> but it is, like, that. That responsibility falls on him. And this comes back to like boundaries and doing the things that you need to do for you. Yeah. And some people will go through life and say like, that is on you to do that. And that gives them the peace. Like you need to step to me and tell me how you're feeling. Yeah. I mean, and I have no problem doing that. Whether Mm -hmm. it's with you, him, anybody else. Yeah. With regard to this specific thing that we're talking about right now. Yeah. And who knows if he'll ever listen to this, for example. Right. And then maybe he'll gain some semblance of it. Yeah. Um, but like if we leave it up to chance or fate or the universe or whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to fall on me. <laughs> yes. Unless he has like some moment of like, oh, yeah. I could also be. You know what? Maybe his fiance can help with some of this. Well, I, and I think she does. Okay. But let me just backtrack a little bit and say like she does help. She uh, she functions a lot as a spokesperson for the two of them. Um, I just want you to know mm-hmm. that your brother loves you. I just want you to know that your brother is there for you. We're both there for you. Yeah. Okay, love it. I love the words of encouragement and support and affirmation. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to hear them from my brother mm-hmm. from time to time. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. I have a few brothers in my family too. And I have no brothers. Like my dad, I mean, like I have brothers because my, my dad has kids through a new marriage, but yeah. I grew up an only child. Sure. Um, does your brother's music or the music that you guys made together, is it like the, the soundtrack of this process for um, you that's a good question i do feel like my brother's songs uh do provide a soundtrack for this moment because they were like a literal soundtrack for this moment if you will like yes um it was the music project i was most actively working on during this time he writes his lyrics mm-hmm. his process he'll write the lyrics and be like this is what i want the song to sound like he'll come to me and like our other friend and other people but i roll my eyes because they weren't supposed to be part of the process but apparently they were Mm -hmm. um and so i will write music to accompany his lyrics okay if that makes sense yes yeah it does his songs like one of them it's a very powerful song it tells a story my paternal grandmother's immigration to the u.s right Mm -hmm. so is it in English or? 
No, it's in Spanish. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the song's in Spanish. Maybe one day I'll share it with you. Please. When, it, when we release it. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Because um, it's not my song to share. And that's the other thing. I, I res- as, as much as I'm happy to be a part of the project, it's not my project. You know, it's, it's not my song to share sort of. Thing. But I'll talk about it. Okay. I know my brother likes me to talk about it, you know. Yes. Um, very powerful. It's very, um, it has the feel of like a... Like a protest song, if you okay. will, you know, but there's definitely a narrative that's being told as well. Yes. Know? But the, the, like the chorus of the song is very like, yeah, anthemic and very just sort of like making a statement sort of yes. thing, you know? And, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't, even though it is a story that is very much about our family, I didn't feel very connected to it when we were working on it. And it wasn't until, and this might sound totally cliche, but it wasn't until recently, um, you know, both my brother and I have birthdays in February. Mm-hmm. And so he invited me on a trip down to Baja and we're listening to his song as we're like driving along that stretch of highway in Tijuana that like straddles the border wall. And we're listening to the song. And I swear to you, I'm just like gushing. Like, uh, oh my God, this rings so true now, you uh, know? Wow. I don't know if it was the pairing of the visual with the narrative or whatever, but I'm like, oh my God, uh, this song has like gained new meaning for yes. me. And it's not like I didn't know the story. Right. It's not like I'd never driven down that highway but before. But it transcended yeah. the <laughs> original <gasps> intention. Oh my God, I'm just like, oh. God, the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Totally broke it open for me. Nice. There are other songs as well uh, from his project that were part of this, but they, they're not part of the soundtrack as much. Now, what, the reason I asked if you write your own music for yeah. you is because I'm wondering if you've written any songs about this experience. So I do and I have. Okay. Um, except... I have I haven't really dabbled in songwriting in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I got I was in a band. Yeah. Where we're we're no longer together. Mm-hmm. And it ended and I and I've processed this. And what I mean by that is like I've 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 talked through it with my therapist. Yes. As well. Yes. Um it ended very in a very painful way for me. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it just sort of like stuffed my heart and my like creative mind up where like I refused to write music. And so actually when I when I'm out there being a musician, another way in which I will introduce myself to people is like, oh, I play other people's music. Um, however, I have written what I would consider to be perhaps like it's either like the start to a new song or it could be like the chorus perhaps to a new song yeah um and i've shown it to a few people and they're like dude you got to finish this song and i'm yeah. like yeah i know i do yeah, yeah, yeah. um i have one more question for yeah, you yeah, yeah go for it so the the question is what is the message and this was my initial question but i also have i guess it's two questions now is what is the message to to people who are still closeted? Yeah. And then what is the message for people who are around people who they know are closeted? Yeah. 
you know, it would be very easy for me to say like, oh, live your your true self and the yes. whole thing, you know. And and I and I and I will. Okay. <laughs> and I will say it. Okay. Um, but I know it's more complicated than that. Yes. Um, and so I'm new to this, you know. I'm new to this. Uh, even though, yes, I undertook my own coming out process in 2019, and here we are sitting in 2022. You know, we were interrupted by you know the pandemic and the whole thing so i don't feel that like i have three years of progress to show for this right. and i don't mean that like in um like i'm not trying to put myself down and i'm not trying to make an excuse for myself either no. i think what i am trying to say is like i don't have anything but my own experience to share still thus far you know mm-hmm. and so what could i say well, is, what could you what sure. could you maybe say to I'm, younger you? Um, and and yeah, you just saw me roll my eyes at that, and and I roll <laughs> my eyes because like I feel like I've been asked to do that exercise any number of times at this point. You know, uh-huh. um, I think what I would say is, and maybe this is actually what I would say to younger me as well: just start by being you. I feel like even though, yes, I sat down with my people and had the conversations I needed to have and wrote the letters I needed to write. Mm-hmm. And even though I have an issue with the term coming out, even though I've used it so many times during this conversation, mm-hmm. um, I think both what I would say to others and what I would say to my younger self is like, you know what? Don't overthink it. Just start being it. You know, I think if I would have started to be it from the moment I felt that I knew I was different or that I had an attraction to both men and women or that I didn't fit a stereotypical heteronormative mold, Mm -hmm. if I didn't worry so much about what are others going to think of me if I live or react to something in a way that feels more natural to me, mm-hmm. I would have been much happier at a much earlier time in my life, you yes. know? And I think when you and I were talking last week, I I, I brought up this idea of like sort of making up for lost mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And so I do. And, and, and perhaps that's just my own struggle at this point. You know, um, I do. I feel like I have, things i need to do to make up for lost time you know yes um thankfully even though uh you know i've I've talked about how the pandemic has caused me to sort of maybe not do things as 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 quickly um one of the things i have been able to do is at least you know build a community of Mm -hmm. other queer people Mm -hmm. um that i can relate to and belong to and stuff like that. That's important. Yeah. And um, because without that, I would not have gotten out as, I mean, dare I say, as unscathed uh-huh. as, as I, I mean, I didn't get out unscathed really, yes. uh, but I, I would probably still be in some deep, scary pit, you know, if I didn't, yeah. if I didn't have a community of somebody or somebody's yes. who were willing to listen to me, you know, 
I feel like there's a trend that I've seen um, just in the stories that I've heard in the last year that what gave people the courage to come out is actually loving someone else. Mm. Is loving someone else enough to say, I don't want to hide this person with me. Yeah. And so we're both coming out or like I'm coming out. Maybe they're already out, but like I'm going to do this because I don't want to hide this part of my life that feels so good. And you know what? And I knew that. And yes, that that was definitely a part of my story. And, um, you know, I'm no I'm I'm, I'm not dating right now. I'm, I'm single. So the relationship I was in when I undertook this process is no longer a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that, and that's why I, 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 I say, and, 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 and I still feel, and I will say to anybody else, like, you got to do it for yourself again, that I don't care, you know, because I knew that there was a risk that this relationship that I was in back then mm-hmm. would not play out, you know, for however many years or for the rest of my life or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, here I am sitting single talking to you, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still me, you know? Yes. And so I didn't want to go back into the closet, if you will, yeah. you know, as a result. Right. You know? right, now, right, right. I had, that's why I had to make the decision when I knew it was the right one to make. Because it's like once once I'm living it, mm-hmm. I'm living it. And if I may, I was thinking about this because um, how do, how do I like bridge the gap between let's say like my identity and like me being a musician, which is also a huge part of my identity these days. But like, as you said, I haven't really focused on it today. And, 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 and you're right. It, I think it's because it's not what I wanted to focus on today per se. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did think about is like, you know, as, as, as a musician, I'll show up to a gig on any given day and like be in a room full of strangers yeah. You know, a room full of people who I don't know what they're going to think or whatever. And you would think musicians, creatives, there's probably more of an openness. There's probably more of a closed mindedness than you would expect too, as well. You know, yes. um, still, it's still a huge boys club, if you will. You yeah. know, a lot of musicians who are still, you know, male, male presenting bodies, yeah. you know. Um, yes. But do you think in those instances that you could channel little you who was super strong and didn't care and just like, this is me and not even this is me, but like, just, just like, just being like you said, being you. And I love it when it organically comes up in conversation that someone has like a partner, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. And I do that all the time. Okay. I, I, you know, I'll like, if I'm in a green room and we're just talking, be like, oh yeah. The boy I dated mm-hmm. or, you know, it, and whatever. That's my story. That's yes. me. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you take it, you do with it whatever you want. Right. I'm not going to, like, take a moment here and, like, hold your hand and come yes. out to you all yes. over again. No, 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 no You no. know what I'm saying? For sure. It's like, no, this is me. This is who I am. You do with it what you want, you know? Right, okay. Um, not only that, but when it comes to, like, when I'm playing mm-hmm. and I, I bring my persona Mm-hmm. To like my playing, right? Yes. So part of me merging my creative self and and like my 
what my sexual self, if you yeah. will, <laughs> um, is is that like wh- when I get on stage and I start playing that like who you get on that stage mm-hmm. or behind the piano or wherever I may be, you're getting all of me now. Yes. You know, you're getting all of me. Um. So if I happen to have my hair down and you're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Tough shit, you know? Yes. One of the things I also like to do, especially if I'm showing up to like churchy gigs or like more formal gigs, um, I wear um, like a very colorful flower lapel pin. Yes. And, you know, am I trying to make a statement when I wear it? Yes, I am. Good. (laughs) Am I trying to draw attention? Yeah. I am. Good. Am I trying to invite a conversation? Yeah, I am. Yes. <laughs> um and Shh. and it's also my <laughs> it's also my way of of showing like I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am before we've even like mm. exchanged a word, you know? Yes. Because like, yeah, a part of me is bringing all of me to like every note I play, mm. every like note I I sing, you're getting all of me at this point. You yes. know, like there's no going back. <laughs> yes, but that's so great. That's so great because that is you no longer diluting yourself. Mm. Yes. Um, and then the last question. Right. Wait, no, there was a question that I came up as you were talking, and oh, now no. I forgot. Was there ever the potential of a relationship before the one that you had that made you want to start being you? And I'm assuming like a, a, a relationship with a, with, with a boy, yes, right? Yes, a yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, or not. Or a relationship with a female that made you realize like that was wrong. Or was it ever wrong? Was anything ever wrong? Like, I don't think any of the relationships I've ever had with girls are wrong. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I, I, I choose to use the word queer. Yes. Before. And if you look at my letters, like I, I use the word bisexual. A yes. Lot. And I don't like that word so much anymore. I feel like it's very limiting. Yes, I, I, it, prefer, it, yes. I prefer queer now, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I don't think any of my relationships with girls were ever wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there were definitely things that I learned from them. Okay. Um, but I don't think they were ever wrong. Were there ever, was there ever a potential for a relationship with a boy before? Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't really think of one. Because if, let's say in high school, you had had relationships with both men and women. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't. No, but <laughs> if you had, like, yeah. let's just say the opportunity had presented itself. Sure. And somebody came to you and said, like, I think you're super hot. Yeah. I want to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. Do you think that would have made you uh, start living this part of your journey a little sooner? So I remember mm-hmm. in being in high school, there was like there was a boy yes. who I didn't go to my school. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, since I was part of like the emo crowd in east la sort of a thing you know so yeah. i would go to a lot of like backyard like yes yes shows oh i like know that. i know yeah. about those <laughs> there was a boy that he ran with a lot of like or he knew a lot of 
my friends. So we would see each other at a lot of like the same sort of backyard gigs or whatever. Eventually, like some of the same house parties or kickbacks or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And he would come on to me. And I swear to you, I didn't know what was happening in that moment. You know, yeah. like I did, it didn't phase me. It didn't ex- it didn't even excite me. Yeah. I was just kind of like, what's going on? But yeah. I definitely didn't push him away or yeah. I, di- I didn't be like, get away from me or like, yeah. you know, call him a name or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that experience has stuck with me. And so going back to your question. Like I won. So yeah, sometimes I do wonder, like, what if I had like taken him up on some of his advances, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we ever like even kissed or anything, you know, Yes. but I, I definitely remember him like pressing himself up onto like my chest or like, you know, like coming on to me, you yes. know, very quite literally. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, I remember just being like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, who knows? Yeah. You know? That's as much as I can think. Like, yeah, I can I can look back on other times in my life where it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Like and especially as I started growing into myself, like, oh, yeah, like I had a crush on this boy or that boy or this boy or that boy, along with this girl and that girl and this girl, that girl. Mm -hmm. But like. No, there was never really anybody who made me feel that I wanted to be in a relationship with them specifically like. Like a dude or like a dude presenting person, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Until my ex, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's where we are. I don't know. Got it. I hope it's, I uh, hope that's enough. I don't know. That's No, <laughs> that is. That's, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm just trying to crack you open yeah i'm not i'm not gonna like i'm or i'm not one of those people i feel like where it's like oh like i didn't come out to like i was 30 years old so now i have to go have a relationship with like a hundred boys now right right, right, i don't i don't feel like that at all when i say i feel like i have to make up for lost time i feel more like i mean that with regard to like being a member of the queer community yeah oh i love that no i think that's so important um to have a community and this is for everybody like just a community of people who support who you are without question unconditionally like love all the things about you and don't i'm learning that as an adult too like that i've sometimes surrounded myself with people who aren't necessarily like i'm friends with them maybe because i feel like i have to be friends with them but not because they make me feel like i can be myself happen to be there (laughs) yeah and and the older i get the more i value people who meet me right the fuck where i am Mm -hmm. and don't expect me to be exactly anybody else because that's what i want um and so i test the waters you know mm. like i will be like i'm I gonna i'm gonna spark a joint you okay with that <laughs> i'm gonna wear my little rainbow lapel pin are you okay with that are you okay yeah are you okay so uh, i love that and the, the final question that i have which is this is your third final question this by the is way. my uh, there will be three to follow <laughs> no this I'm is messing. I'm messing. this is the true final question is the, uh, what could we do as people, as parents, as family members 
to make children feel there shouldn't be a coming out process. Mm. There shouldn't even be one. We just are. And it'll just be like, you know, in a beautiful world, thinking yeah. like a, a, that yeah. a child could come home and be like, oh, mom, I have like a crush on, I think this girl's really pretty. I think this guy's really handsome. Like, and not have it be like a what? Just like, oh, cool. Who do you like better? <laughs> yeah. Oof. I definitely think it starts with upbringing, mm-hmm. you know? And I say it like that because, like, I don't want to, like, say any one way of raising kid is better than another. Right. Um, but, like, I think a lot of these behaviors are learned. You yeah. Know? Yes. A lot of these attitudes are learned. Yes. So how do we, how do we become homophobic? We learn it. Yeah. From people. For sure. So... If we don't learn that, then there's no need to, like, there's no stigma that needs to be. Stop teaching your kids to be homophobic. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Essentially. Stop teaching them (laughs) this. Yes, for sure. I'm not a parent, so. I'm not a parent either. That's why I'm, like, I'm trying to be really cautious with what I say because I'm, yeah, I'm not a parent either, you know. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Right. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And I know you said it was a final question, but, like, for example. <laughs> no, keep talking. Please. I remember very distinctly, and I might get a little emotional here. Please do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Um, I remember very distinctly um, when I was in my high school years. Mm-hmm. And I had already I already had my own car. Mm-hmm. So I was driving friends around. I don't even remember who I was driving around on any given night, but I remember it was, like, a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, my mom got into my car. Whatever. I'm not going to question it at this point. Yeah. My mom pulls me into her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Says that she finds in the back seat of my car, mm-hmm. like, some earrings and, 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 like, a lipstick or something like that. Yeah. And in my mind, before she even says anything else, I'm like, oh, they're probably... Whoever was in my car last night, you know, yeah. if they dropped them, fell out of their purse. Because, again, could have been anybody, right? Yes. No. What does my mom do? She asks me if they're mine. <sighs> yeah. And, like, was mad about it? Yeah. Because oh. it's one thing to be like, are these yours? Or No, like. Like, are, are these, these yours? yours? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. And this is, like, before I even... I mean, I was very asexual through high school, you yeah. know? So I'm not even, like, I'm not touching anybody's at this point, you know? Yes, 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 I'm yes. trying to figure out what's going on inside of me. No, and yeah. I met with this. And so it reminds me of that story you just told, like, and mommy doesn't approve. Like, yes. there it was for me, you know? Yes. So why was my process so delayed? Why was my coming into myself so delayed? Because mm-hmm. of an experience like that, you know? The baby boomers. Yeah, I was about to say the boomers. Yeah, and you know, God bless them for birthing us, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's all they they could do. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Beyond yeah. that, they were like, let me just get a job and make money and tell my kids how to live their lives. <laughs> I actually have a whole stand-up comedy routine. You do stand-up? No, <laughs> but I have a routine. <laughs> and it's all about the boomers and oh. how I cannot stand. Stand the things that they say and do 
Oh, boomers. <laughs> You're killing me. Yeah. I think the problem with homophobia yeah. is that people instantly go to like the visuals of sex. Mm. Right? And that's exactly what it is. That's, that's so goes, uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. They, they don't think about love. They don't think about companionship, mm. relationship. Mm. They're just like two dudes fucking, mm-hmm. two chicks fucking. I mean, we all have it, right? We're all having sex. We're all having sex. So like all kinds of sex. Yeah. You know, you get yours. I'll get mine. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about how I'm doing yeah. it. Just, I don't know. We're obsessed with sex. We are. We're obsessed with sex. I think a lot of it has to do with like the culture of where we are, whether mm-hmm. it's the United States or Southern California, East LA-ish area, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think there's a lot of this sort of like social conservatism that feeds mm-hmm. into like sex is icky or mm-hmm. you know, sex behind closed doors only and sex with, you know, between man and woman only or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, and I'm just yes. you know, like, get over it. You Seriously, know? don't worry about what I'm doing with my stuff. Yeah, don't worry about what I'm doing with my stuff. That's funny. Okay, Eric, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Erica, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Can I have you say that just a little closer to the mic? Of course, Erica, thanks for having me. Okay, we'll speak spoon. Uh, We'll speak spoons. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it was such a pleasure talking to Eric about his coming out experience uh, but it was also really heartbreaking to hear about all of his struggles so it only felt fitting for me to include some resources in the podcast notes for this one specifically so if you want to refer to the podcast notes there will be some lgbtqia resources for any youth or families who are struggling with situations similar to what eric went through or what eric's family went through i think that the only way to prevent this kind of situation is through education so the resources will be in the podcast notes and of course you can always reach me i'm an actual human at the who what blog at gmail.com thanks so much for listening Yes, that's good. It's raining then. Delicious podcast.